Let's talk sports and welcome to the grind. And good Friday to you and welcome inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. We've got a lot to talk about today, so excited to be here as Tennessee Lady Vols basketball played last night. Have some unfortunate news to share there and then have, they've got a game this weekend to try to quickly get redemption. And then the men Vols uh, will see Auburn on Saturday. Talked a little bit with Boone yesterday about that. But we'll recap what the Vols need to do against the Tigers, the War Eagles, to get it done there in Auburn. Uh, Also, we're going to talk a little bit of history, as tomorrow will mark 40 years since the Miracle on Ice, 1980 Lake Placid Olympics, uh, where the U.S. knocked off then uh, USSR, the Russian ice hockey team that was a world full of world-class professionals. And we beat them with a bunch of high school kids. So talk about that. Talk about some of the memories uh, that still lives 40 years later. We'll talk a little bit about that. And then on the close, uh, there's some things going on this weekend, XFL weekend. As week three comes, more and more people get on the bandwagon. As as this week, P.J. Walker, uh, quarterback of the Houston Roughnecks, my new favorite XFL team, uh, was on ESPN this week, so it's getting a little love, getting a little push, getting a little, uh, uh, getting a little backing, if you will, uh, from some NFL uh, outlets and things. So it, it's good to see, and it's fun to talk about. So we'll talk a little XFL uh, on the on the end cap of today's show. Uh, but first off, want to thank those uh, some sponsors that kind of are getting on board. 42nd Street Marketing, 42SD.com. Check them out. Uh, they're right off McCayman Avenue here in Maryville, and they do a lot of great things. They've jumped on board to help brand the grind and, and try to get us to the next level from a website and social media exposure standpoint. And if that's what you need, if you need those services for your small business, check them out, 42SD.com. Again, talk to Mike and Jana and, and their crew. Uh, they're great people to work with. Just getting started with them, but I know uh, seeing their work on other outlets, uh, they're they're worth uh, they're worth the talk. They're worth the discussion. Check them out online, 42SD.com. They've got examples of what they can do, and they can do it for you as well. So, again, 42SD.com. But let's jump into the women's basketball side of things. Tennessee drops the, the matchup last night to Arkansas, 83-79. to uh, Ray Burrell uh, had her a decent night as she poured in 15 points in, in four quarters in the fourth quarter to pull UT within four in the final minute. But it wasn't enough to overcome number 22 Arkansas on the road as the Lady Vols dropped the 83-75 to affair. Thursday night, Bud Walton Arena was the stage, and Burrell led Tennessee in scoring with 21 points and nine rebounds, narrowly missing a double-double. Renai Davis was also in double digits. She finished with 18 points and eight rebounds. Amber Ramirez was Arkansas's leading scorer. She scored 29 points, and Alexis Tolfrey was close behind with 22. Both those girls could not miss. 
and and again, we uh, we could have left we left some things on the table as to how we defended them. Davis got off to a quick start, driving for a layup after Tamari Key won the tip. UT got out to a six nothing lead before Ramirez got the Razorbacks on the board with a three pointer two minutes into the matchup. Tollfree then in the second quarter came out hitting a three-point to stretch the Razorbacks out and get them a five-point lead as they had taken the lead at the end of the first quarter. Tennessee struggled to score, going more than three minutes without a bucket before Lou Brown found Renai Davis under the basket for a layup. Uh, Taylor Thompson converted on an old-fashioned three-point play on the end to put Arkansas up 24-18 midway through the second quarter. Uh, as the, the quarter come to a, an end, um, it was one of those deals uh, to uh, that, that Arkansas uh, took a big lead going into the half. They took an eight-point lead going into the half on a 5-0 end of the second quarter run. As we come out, you hope Tennessee uh, had found something defensively because really those two girls was what is what Arkansas had. I mean, if you think about it, 29-22, it's 51 points. That's a lot. <laughs> That's two-thirds of what they scored. Uh, the Razorbacks uh, were the first to score in the second half off a toll-free three-point play, and that was her name, T-O-L-E-F-R-E-E. Uh, she was the first one to score in the second half, made the Arkansas's lead 11 after a three-point jump shot, and uh, they quickly got on uh, got on a little bit of a run. Uh, that, that stretched it out a little bit with 3.58 to go left in the quarter. Razorbacks was up by 10, scoring five quick points off Michaela Daniels uh, and a Ramirez three-pointer. Uh, the 10-point deficit would hold until the final seconds when Chelsea Dungy knocked down a 10-point point jumper at the buzzer to make it a 12-point advantage for the Razorbacks as we head to the fourth quarter. The Razorbacks would open the fourth quarter with four unanswered points before Burrell and Renai. Renai Davis, or Rennie, scored a combined 13 points in the first four minutes to pull UT within 11. Jordan Horston followed it up with a jumper, and Burrell converted on a three-point play to move Tennessee within six, under four to play. Arkansas bounced back with four quick points off a Ramirez jumper, and Burrell responded by knocking down three and following it up with a layup to make the score 75 to 69. Drew it within six one more time with a minute and 15 to go. Davis hit a three-pointer to pull the Lady Vols within four with 15 seconds left in the game, but all that was as close as we were going to get. Arkansas went on to hit free throws and win the basketball game 83-75. to Up next, uh, Lady Vols can't, can't sit on this five-game losing streak. The Lady Vols got to get home. Got to host Vanderbilt on Sunday, a noon tip. Uh, as UT will have the Live Pink Bleed Orange game, the contest will be on ESPN2 and, of course, the Lady Vol Radio Network. Starting suits her in, in, in four games that Ray Burrell has kind of been a starter for the, the Big Orange. 15.5 points a game, 7.5 rebounds per game. She leads the team in both scoring and rebounding in three of those contests that she came right out of the gate. And, and I think... Ray Burrell is a player that, that given the minutes, uh, can get to a good player standpoint. But the glaring thing on, on this on this team, you know, you can look at it 
Rennie, Jesse Rennie, hit three of four three-point attempts against Arkansas. She's averaging uh, 62% from behind the arc over her last 17 games, and her season average is 47.8%, which leads the team. Renai Davis, uh, 18 points against Arkansas, moved her career points to 1,312, passing Tanya Edwards, who had 1,309, to rank 30th among Lady Vol scorers. She's closing in quickly on number 29, Alexis Hornbuckle, at 1,333 points. So here's the deal. All that's well and good. And, and you know, I, I like what Davis does for the Lady Vols as far as scoring. I think she sloughs a little bit on defense, but that's just my opinion. Jesse Reaney is a, is a young freshman that's going to have a lot of good time left uh, with Coach Kelly Harper. I think she's one of the bright spots and one you should look to that's having success because she doesn't have the culture to change that a lot of these older girls do. Uh, Ray Burrell, a nice player, but looks like she's a better starter. Uh, I think you got to take those moments and, and let that be uh, what it is. But, uh, you know, the glaring thing on this team is not necessarily can they score the basketball, even though they struggle at times. It's not whether they can defend, even though they struggle at times. It's why do they turn it over 30 times a game? Why do they why do they know def- defense is extending on them and still look to to put the ball in harm's way? That's the only thing that that this Tennessee team really struggles with or that really bothers me. And, and you know, I'm a justifiable guy. I know anyone who listens at any rate uh, may question that comment, but I feel like you can talk me into it. You can say, you know, we're getting better. We're doing this. We're doing that. And my my cup's normally half full with Tennessee. I feel like that I give more than the fair shake uh, in a lot of cases. Again, people may disagree. And if you do, please give me a call, 865-983-4310. But if I say that there's one thing that Kelly Harper has to fix and fix now, it's turnovers. Here's the deal. We could, we could take a bad shot if we get a good look. You, you know what I'm saying? We can we can not rebound or not extend defense or not do this or not do that. And a lot of people's going to be okay with it. But a, between between Andy Landers, uh, between all the, the, the reporters and whatever, and, and between my father-in-law sitting next to me, they're done with the turnovers. This is a Lady Vols team that look like – I mean, they look like a bad high school team at some point. They they don't look very good. They have a hard time doing the little things. And I understand, you know, and my father-in-law kept saying, you know, these girls are on scholarship. How'd they get on scholarship? And I, and I tried to dig around, and, and you know, I, I don't know. I tried to do a, a pretty good job of backing out, looking at the situation – and then making a decision, like like coming up with, with my opinion. And here's what I think. The older hands, uh, again, I still think I still think there's a lot of holly to get out of them. And, and, and I, I say that loosely and candidly, but that's what I mean. I feel like there was a lot of cultural things that had to shift when, when Holly left and when Kelly came in that, quite frankly, should have been done a year prior. But you can't change culture wholesale you can't come in iron fist and just trim the fat and get them out of there just doesn't work that way 
So the fact that they they you know that they have have survived to this point the 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 fact that they are you, you know they're they're sitting there and, and and just to be quite honest with you 17 and 9 Hollywood already had 10 losses. They've lost 5 games straight and they just have 9 losses. I mean put that into perspective. Wins over Notre Dame, uh you know, wins uh close losses uh over over Texas, uh but then the the glaring loss is that one to Kentucky, that four-point loss that should have been a win. Uh, the loss to UConn, uh, the first half showed that that we're good enough uh, to play with those people. And then, of course, South Carolina did what they've done to everybody. Mississippi State, same business. Uh, LSU revenged Tennessee as we got them here, and then they got us down there. And then A&M and Arkansas uh, do the same. But, but Tennessee's got three games left. You've got Vandy at home. You've got Ole Miss at home and you finish on the road at Auburn. I think you look at it and you look at these girls and you say, and I know this is going to this is going to get people grabbing their pearls if they're a Lady Vols fan historically. NCAA tournament be damned. We will not turn this basketball over more. I will sit you down if you turn this basketball over more, you, you know, un unforced. That's the problem. Last night, I think I counted five times we either bounced it off our own shoe, uh, we threw it away, or or we just made a bad decision and threw it right to the other team. Those can be fixed in, in season. I have a lot of uh, appreciation for coaching, and I have a lot of appreciation for it's hard to fix shooting in season. It's hard to fix this, in, you know, defense in season. It's hard to fix a lot of things because you, you are limited on practice time. You have to prepare – for the opponent, it's hard to, to do just repeated drills uh, unless they do it on their own. So, but turnovers you can fix. Slow it down. Get back to the fundamentals. At the end of the day, pass, pass, shoot. I don't care how they do it. But use what's in between those ears to do the right thing. Uh, I told my father-in-law last night, I said, well, I said, some of these young players, I'll give them credit. You know, last year, you know, especially these these taller girls, which longest Tennessee team in, in, in history of the program, they were a foot taller than, I bet you, nine of the other girls on the floor. You, you know what I'm saying? They, they didn't have to worry about getting hacked underneath. They didn't have to worry about hands in their face because girls could have their hands straight up and they'd be right there at their, at their, at their neckline. You know what I'm saying? So the fact that these girls are going up against girls that are their size, that are their speed, their their athleticism, I think that's all the difference in the world. I think that's where Tennessee's sitting right now, and I think ultimately uh, that's the downfall of why we're why, why we're so loose with the basketball. We're trying to play young, we're trying to be uh, different, and we're trying to be a little ahead of where we're at development wise. And and I think you know peppered in Renai Davis, you pepper in. Uh, you know, a Lou Brown, some older players, uh, and, and they're good. But I mean, Lou Brown, uh, Lou Brown is is it's a it's a highlight the fact that she's playing basketball right now. The way her injury came down, the way that that she damaged what she did with her leg, I'm surprised she's even able to play basketball. Just to be quite honest with you, Renai Davis, I, I love what she does offensively. I think she could back herself in uh, to the goal a little bit more, but. I think she gives up too much on defense. 
I think she needs to, to, to roll over off of the zone and help some people from time to time. I think she needs to, to understand that facet of her game because she's a great scorer. She can do some things with the basketball that nobody else on the floor can do at that time. But the problem is, is she, is she doesn't get back on defense. She doesn't help her, her teammates out when they get in a bind. That She doesn't extend out and get get the help that they need. And I think as a leader, you got to do that. So uh, I want more from her. And then, quite frankly, I just want people to play smart basketball. I, I think that that's not, you know, that's not questioning their intelligence. That's not, that's not really doing anything besides asking a simple question: Why do we turn it over thirty times a game? There's bad high school teams that don't turn it over thirty times a game, and we're Division One, perennial hopeful Tennessee. A far cry from what what it once was. There's only one way to go. Uh, you got to get back. You got to get back up. But at the same time, we're we're sitting in a place where uh, I know, I know that these three the three last games are must wins. But I don't know that they know it in that locker room. That's not a that's not a that's not applied on uh, Kelly Harper. That's not a knock on on anybody. That's that is what it is. You can't lose to Vandy. You can't lose to Ole Miss, and and by the grace, you can't lose to Auburn. We have to fix this, and and we by fans need to show up and support these girls the next two games. But the players got to show up and say, you know what, we're going to fix this turnover thing. We may we may still have some problems. We may still have issues with knocking down layups, or we still might have issues uh, with 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 extending defense or, or knowing when to press and when not. But those things you can fix. Turning the basketball over, honestly, just turnover points alone lost that basketball game last night. And I know a lot of people's like, well, that that that's not a surprise. Well, it should be. It should be a surprise that, that that's a stat that you have to you have to give give succession to. Because you look at it, points off turnovers. Uh, let me see if it, it actually says the right number of turnovers because normally they quit counting after a while. Yeah, they quit counting after a while. 23. We had 15 in the first half. You can't tell me we just had eight in the second half because it was worse. Uh, 23 is all they're going to log, but we had more than that. But they had uh, – Arkansas had 26 points off of turnovers. Eight second chance points. So between no good rebounding and no good turnover uh, margin – uh, that's 34 points. It's hard to overcome that. You can't overcome that. The Harlem Globetrotters couldn't overcome that. So anyway, I digress from that point in saying I'm I'm for Hall, or Kelly Harper. I'm for the Lady Vols, but I'm for us playing a little bit better. Us not turning the basketball over and, and us understanding uh, that you got to play four quarters of basketball. Uh, we had 16, 21, and 29 points in the first, third, and fourth, and nine in the second quarter, a deficit that we never could overcome. Lost by eight and got outscored in all quarters but the last one. You can't you can't win games uh, always in the fourth quarter, and you got to play basketball for all four 40 minutes. So, uh, again, uh, Tennessee, unfortunately, in front of 3,023 people in Fayetteville, uh, dropped one to Arkansas last night. They'll get back on the road Sunday. Get out and support these Lady Vols. Sunday, noon tip uh, against Vanderbilt. Live Pink, 
bleed orange basketball game. But we're going to take a break, listen to these fine sponsors. If you like what you hear, get on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow us, The Grind on Sports. Again, if you like what you hear, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, The Grind on Sports. We'll be back in just a minute. Hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. As winter comes to a close, cattle owners know their livestock begin lacking important minerals and the onset of spring brings a wave of flies. Together, these sap optimal growth and productivity and make your cattle more susceptible to diseases. Rule King is excited to introduce Country Road High Mag Mineral Blocks with 13.5% magnesium for $15.99 each and Fly Control Blocks with Clarify for $12.99 each. Set your livestock up for success for the lowest prices every day at Rule King, America's farm and home store. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. As the demand for a more skilled and technologically advanced workforce has grown in Blunt County over the last decade, a driving force to get more young adults trained to work with our local companies and businesses is the Blunt Partnership. The Blunt Partnership has created working relationships between the public schools and industries to develop education initiatives that prepare an upcoming workforce with the skills needed for them to succeed and build a career. To learn more about these strategies, log on to BluntPartnership.com. Custom shirts, vinyl decals, and all things custom printing. That's what Night Shift Printing brings your way. If you need custom printed accessories, check out my man Jacob Carter of Night Shift Printing. You can contact them direct 321-6845 or via email at nightshiftprinting.com at gmail.com that's k-n-i-g-h-t shift printing at gmail.com check them out on facebook and instagram you don't want to miss it it's well worth it we don't always promise to be perfect but we promise to give you our honest opinion this is sports radio from a fan's perspective you're listening to the grind on 100.9 fm 850 a.m Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKBL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. 
Tennessee men balls will take on number 13 Auburn tomorrow. A uh, a noon tip as well, uh, Saturday, February the 22nd. Uh, CBS will carry the game, but Tennessee uh, needs to carry the fight to Auburn and take it down there for 40 minutes. Uh, Auburn is a team uh, that when you look at what they've done this season, uh, they have a, a pretty uh, pretty nice little resume. You know, I think you look at this team and uh, they've, they've had some big-time wins against uh, some big-time opponents. 22-4 and four on the season, 9-4 and four in conference play, 14-0 uh, and 0 at home. Uh, four and four on the road. All their losses coming away from Auburn Arena. But you look at their losses. I'm trying to trying to get down to them. Uh, they lost to Alabama, 83-64 in Tuscaloosa. So again, some some puzzling losses. Uh, they lost to Florida in Gainesville, 69 to 47. And then they they're on a two game losing streak as we speak. As they lost to Missouri, 85 to 73, a 12 point affair. And then they lost by 10 just the other night in Athens uh, to Georgia, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs. Uh, A struggling Georgia team hit a struggling Auburn team. Uh, A little bit of of late season woes for the Tigers. But uh, unfortunately, woes seem to come to an end with Bruce Pearl. Uh, He seems to figure out some things and do some things that gets them back in the way. They're going to be a really high three-point shooting team. Uh, they've got some guys uh, that we talked about yesterday that you got to keep a tab on. You got to do some work uh, to get those guys in, in a little bit of trouble, uh, make them take bad shots. But if you look at their roster, uh, guys that that uh, guys that you got to look for, um, there's three guys that have over 300 points scored for 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 the for the War Eagles for the Tigers. I always get that fouled up, but uh, you look at it. And if you look at the individual stats, individual stats look like this. Uh, Several guys that have multiple, multiple double-digit scoring games. Samir Doherty, he's the leading scorer. His points for uh, in in the season sits at 416. Isaac Okoro, uh, he's got 314. Javon McCormick, 317. And then Austin Wiley, I'm here 274. So uh, they've got guys that know how to score the basketball. If you look at them, they're uh, not the greatest of free throw shooting teams, averaging in the 60s, in the 60% range as a team. Uh, and then their highest output, barring with a with a high number of shots, there's a lot of guys that's taken one, made one, uh, is 82% free throw shooter, and that's Dangel Purifoy. Uh, he's a nice player uh, for, for the Tigers as well. Uh, but you look... And I think that's that's the trio I'm attacking if I'm Tennessee. 10, 23, and 5, Samir, Dottie, Dar, Doty, Doty. Maybe it's Doty. Isaac Okoro and Javon McCormick. Those are the three guys that I'm hitting up. But if you look, uh, they, they've had very big success at home. Uh, a lot of all their wins, 14-0 at home. Uh, you need to, to kind of chip into that. Uh, they're going to be hot and trot at home. Because they feel good there, they practice there, they do a lot of things uh, that that has gotten them to this position there. So Tennessee's got to down that go down there, and and it's it's kind of same song, different verse from the Lady Vols. Don't turn the basketball over, force bad shots, and just play your brand of basketball. I think Tennessee showed, and, and I a lot of people were really frustrated with that Vandy game. 
But I'm not sure we didn't see six minutes of basketball in the second half. That could beat a lot of people. You know what I'm saying? Uh, when, when we were dishing it into Fulkerson and he was just going in, not thinking about it, not trying to back someone down, and just going in and trying to either score or get fouled, and he did a little bit of both. I think you got to continue to do that. You got to go with the heart. You got to you got to dish out to Eve Pons, let his athleticism carry him to the rim, and then I think I think you got to make calculated three point shots. Um, Jordan Bowden is not that guy. A lot of people say, well, he's just got to shoot out of it. He shot and shot and shot and shot and still ain't out of it. So in my opinion, he does a better job on the dribble drive. He goes in strong. He goes up, scores, or gets fouled. I say that's his game. Don't waste possessions against this team at at their place because they'll make you pay for it. So in my book, if it's – and again, it's not, but uh, if if it's on my dime, if it's what – what we need to do, uh, I, I say play an ugly brand of basketball and get the win because Tennessee needs to understand that. They need to know that they can go on the road and win. They need to know that they can that they can do certain things against a really good team and win because, again, this is a very mentally taxing time for this team because they're so young, they're so used to winning because they came off of great programs, and now they're not. So I think I, this is a this is a very critical point for for Rick Barnes. It's a real critical point for for a lot of people, as you have to you have to understand those dynamics. And I mean, he's doing it, been doing it for well more years than I've been talking about it. But I think you know it, it's it's late in the season. Things got to start clicking in. You got to start you know dancing with who got you there. And, and I think between Santiago Vescovi, I think John Fulkerson. Eve Pons, uh, Jordan Bowden, and Josiah James. You ride with those five, see what happens. See what happens. I, I think you can get some production off the bench uh, by Jalen Johnson, uh, Akuma, uh, a lot of those guys. But you got to get a lot of production out of your five. If if I'm Rick Barnes, just because you know you're going to get effort out of out of uh, Pons and Fulkerson and, and Viscovi, I push and push and push. Josiah Jordan James and Jordan Bowden. I push and push and push. And here's the thing. You don't want to play, go sit down. But if you want to play, but if you want to play, let's play. And I think that's that's where it needs to go. That's what we need to talk about and ultimately uh, chip away at um at that 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 goal. Because I think I think Tennessee basketball needs some success here late in the season. Uh, to get a spark, and I think they've got a murderer's row to try to do it in. Auburn on Saturday. Next Wednesday is Arkansas on the road. Uh, Florida's at home next Saturday. And then uh, Kentucky at home and Auburn uh, – or Kentucky on the road in Lexington, sorry. And then Auburn at home to finish up the regular season. So it's it's one of those deals uh, where you have, to, you have to deal, you have to do, and then ultimately – uh, you have to play hard, and play good basketball, and, and and limit your mistakes so that you can force some on the other end. Tennessee's not done a really good job at that, but I, I hope that they pick that up this weekend. I'm going to have to go against the Vols uh, on Saturday. I'm going to have to pick the Auburn Tigers. They're 14-0 at home, and I don't know that we have the, the firepower at the moment to change that. I'd like to be wrong, and Tennessee, do your best. 
to prove me wrong, but I just I, I'm going to go with Auburn uh, Saturday. Uh, not that I want to, but that I feel that it's the right choice to make. But anyway, let's take us another quick break. Listen to our fine sponsors. When we come back, we're going to talk about 40 years removed from Lake Placid, the Olympics that made the miracle on ice uh, 40 years ago today, or tomorrow actually, the 22nd, uh, will be those moments that we talk about and have talked about for 40 years. We'll, we'll re- remind everybody about what happened at Lake Placid and how those that were involved still feel about the miracle 40 years later. We'll talk about it on the flip. You're listening to The Grind, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, and streaming at WKVL.com. We'll be right back. a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming, but Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. El Jimador Mexican Grill, authentic Mexican food in Maryville, Tennessee for the past 15 years. Open Sunday through Thursday, 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. Friday and Saturday, 11 a.m. to 10.30 p.m. El Jimador offers Monday through Friday lunch specials with their 15 minutes or free guarantee. Call your order in at 865-681-6040 and delivery is available. You'll enjoy a comfortable environment while gathering with family and friends at El Jimador Mexican Grill, located at 1705 East Lamar Alexander Parkway in Maryville, Tennessee. El Jimador Mexican Grill, a proud sponsor of Blunt County Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Did you know most employers consider soft skills as important as the skills it takes to do a job? Soft skills include things like attitude, communication, teamwork, motivation, and time management. You can take your career to the next level by taking free soft skill classes at the Blunt County Public Library. Find complete class schedule and registration information at www.bluntchamber.com. This is Wayne Kaiser, host of Rocky Top Sports, sports radio show, The Grind. If you're looking for a way to catch The Grind, not in its normal programming, if you can't make that six to seven hour, check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. It's the hub for everything The Grind. We've got Twitter feed, Facebook feed, and, of course, SoundCloud. If you miss a show, 
You don't have to miss it forever. Check it out online, thegrindonsports.com. That's thegrindonsports.com. Got something you're grinding on? Give us a call at 865-983-4310. Now back to the grind with host Wayne Kaiser. 100.9 FM, 850 AM, Rocky Top Sports. And welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. We jump back 40 years. 40 years is the anniversary tomorrow of the Miracle on Ice, February 22nd, 1980, USA 4, USSR 3. Saturday marks exactly four decades since perhaps the greatest sports result in the history of our country, perhaps the greatest upset in the history of sports anywhere. A bunch of kids beat the best hockey team in the world. At the height of the Cold War, it was David versus Goliath, us versus them, a moment when nations met and the mood seemed as cold as the ice they played on. Uh, It was Lake Placid, New York. That was the stage. Lake Placid has never forgotten in turn. The world has never forgotten Lake Placid. The village in the heart of the Adirondacks still, uh, even in the summer months, the arena is still there. The rink where the Americans played that game, now named for the late Herb Brooks, the U.S. coach, and the sporting goods shop across the street from the Olympic Center is called Locker Room 5, a tribute to the room the team used on that fateful night. The story I hear 40 years later, depending on their age, I remember where I was when Kennedy was shot. I remember where I was on 9-11. I remember where I was when the Challenger blew up, but I remember where I was when the U.S. beat the Soviets, said Mike Eruzioni the team captain who scored what became the game-winning goal with exactly 10 minutes left in the third period. And I always say we, I don't know you were on the team, but people felt a part of it. It's nice to know 40 years later that people remember and share some great stories about what we did so long ago. The game details remain unforgotten. The USA, the U.S. trailed one to nothing, two to one, and three to two, spending more than half the night behind on the scoreboard. Schneider scored the tie to tie the game, one to one. Mark Johnson scored at the very end of the first period to make it two two, and Johnson struck again on the power play with 11:21 left to tie the game at three apiece. A mere 81 seconds later, Aruzioni happened. The Americans clogged the defensive end of the ice the rest of the way, doing all they could to help goaltender Jim Craig. The Russians never pulled their goalie for an extra attacker, presumably because they were so used to winning that they didn't know what to do in such a situation. A miracle. Two days later, the U.S. rallied past Finland for the gold medal on the final day in Lake Placid. You know, I think a lot of people draw that that picture of the miracle meant we beat the Soviets for the gold. We beat the Soviets and then had to get up two days later and and win again against Finland. And I say we because it was the U.S. Those kids represented more than just just the hockey team and what they were doing on that ice. It was was representative of a social issue. It was representative of of heart over, over, I guess, heart over 
determination, heart over uh, athleticism and what have you. It said He said Lake Placid, Snyder is talking here, said Lake Placid has always also had the Olympics in 32, and to me that meant it was the birthplace of the Winter Olympics in the United States, uh, said Snyder, who appeared alongside Olympic luge legends Aaron Hamlin and Gordy Shear, four-time biathlon Olympian Tim Burke, and a pair of rising athletes from the Lake Placid area on a panel just this past Monday night. It's a small town. The people here always want to make things work. They're very humble, and they're hardworking. I tell you, it's a special spot. That's Snyder talking again. There's no shortage of reasons why Lake Placid is busy 52 weeks a year. Hockey players and figure skaters still flock to the Olympic Center and its three sheets of ice. There's a bobsled skeleton, a luge track that welcomes the world's best every year. The ski jumps are still there, as is the 400-meter speed skating track in front of the high school. Whiteface Mountain is a few miles down the road. There's a world-class horse show every summer, an Ironman race, a state officials are pumping tens of millions into construction projects to make sure Lake Placid remains extremely visible on the winter sports map. And again, 40 years ago is when that, uh, that I guess that ping was dropped when somebody uh, said, you know, this is where it's going to be. There's been countless big moments in Lake Placid. It's just that one that clearly rises above all the others. What hockey did was so huge is what Olympic figure skater Ty Bologna, uh, who watched every hockey game in the 80 games because her plans to compete with partner Randy Garner were dashed at the last minute when he was injured. It was kind of force of nature. There was nothing you could do. They didn't plan for Randy to get injured, and they surely didn't want him to be injured. Uh, They were not expecting that, and those guys, for the nature of the beast. Uh, Does it take away anything from anyone? Absolutely not. It was huge. I just thought the roof was going to cave in that night. Uh, The hockey gold, the game against the Soviets, really had overshadowed everything else from those Olympics. Eric Hayden's five gold medals in the five speed skating distances that year from sprint to a marathon is a feat that remains unmatched. Figure skating won a pair of singles medals. Phil Marr won a skiing silver. Uh, The Americans picked up 12 medals in all, matching what at the time was the best showing for the U.S. at an Olympics, also done in 1932 at Lake Placid. I think I saw all the hockey games, and it was incredible. Charles Tickner, the Olympic silver medalist for the U.S. in men's figure skating 40 years ago. I think back, and I'm disappointed that I never saw Eric Hyden, and the hockey team was great, but I think poor Hyden gets overshadowed by all of that. True, but with good reason. And if the Miracle on Ice needed any assistance in remaining viable after 40 years, uh, the movie Miracle surely helped. A few saw Hollywood uh, take literal license, but most elements of the movie were right. My son happened to play in the movie, Schneider said. The only thing I'm disappointed with is that he made more on the movie than I did on winning the Olympics. A couple generations later, young athletes, boys and girls, hockey players or skiers, all they want to do in the winter is still being told the story of how Lake Placid's where miracles can come true. It's been proven. It played a big part for me growing up, said Burke, the biathlon star. As a kid growing up in this community, 
You learned about the miracle on ice as far back as I can remember. Anywhere you walk in town, you see the Olympic brand. You see the speed skating oval or you see the ski jumps. The Olympics are such a big part of this community and that when you grow up here, you grow up knowing that nothing is not achievable. Uh, it's, it's, it's a story that, that you love to talk about because Lord, it's, it's just a moment in time to where you sit there and you, you can kind of ball that fist up at the rest of the world and say, yeah, come get it. And, and we did. And the thing is 40 years is a long time. I was talking to my father-in-law last night and he's saying, he's saying, I can't believe it's been 40 years, but I remember where I was at. I think he was in, I think he was in Glade Springs, Virginia, and he's listening to it on the radio, you know, cause that's kind of what people did back then. And he said, when they won, we had to pull over and got out. And we thought we were going to be the only ones on the side of the road. And we look around and there's other cars on the side of the road, high-fiving and fist pumping. And we did it. And that's just really cool. That's a sports moment that you can't create, that you can't fake. And the fact is, is this community, Lake Placid, New York, still holds it just as, as critical 40 years later as they do they did 40 years ago tomorrow. I, I don't – I wasn't there. I don't remember – well, I wasn't available to be anywhere 40 years ago. Let's just put it out there like that. But I remember watching that movie Miracle and, and it just hoping that that was the way the story went and – and, you know, one of my favorite parts about that that whole movie, and it's something that I think is usable in any any team that, that can't play together, is run them and then ask them, who do you play for? Or where do you come from? I remember in the movie Miracle, and if you haven't seen it, watch it. Watch it this weekend. Make it kind of one of those things you do. But, they ran, they ran their little sprints, and he said, who do you play for? And he's like, I play for the Minnesota Golden Gophers, or I play for blah, 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 Canadian League, or blah, blah, blah. And he's like, run again. And he and they came back, and, and he asked two more people, and they said who they played for. And he said, run again. And anyway, he runs them so hard that they nearly get sick. Maybe some of them do. Maybe theatrics kept it, kept it clean. But then they finally figure out what he's after. Is is one of them says, "I play for the United States of America," and he said, "Hit the showers." Because here's the thing, it wasn't individuals was wasn't going to beat the Russians. Watch going back watching the film; those guys were monsters. I mean, it was it was you you know to kind of make fun a little bit the the monsters. On on uh, on Space Jam, that's what the Russians were. They were huge. They were professionals. They had won more than than a lot of these guys that played hockey. But here's the deal: individuals wasn't going to beat that, and the coach knew that. And so he he wanted them to play for each other. And if that was good enough, good. If it wasn't good, they were supposed to lose. But it wasn't going to be for lack of togetherness. It wasn't going to be for lack of effort. And it wasn't going to be for lack of, of pride in what you represented on the front and the back of that jersey. So I thought, I, I think, you know, 40 years removed and the passion's still there. It still means something to that community. It still means something to the Olympic community. And, you know, 
and that's a team and a group of people uh, that will always be synonymous with miracle, with with something that shouldn't have happened, with something that it it it, it on paper was just not in the cards. And they made it work. And so for that, 40 years removed, hats off to the miracle on ice, Lake Placid, and 40 years of victory over the Russians. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, as we go. And maybe maybe poke back at Boone to find out where Boone was uh, 40 years ago. He, he was probably taking notes at Maryville College. We'll see We'll see what was, uh, what was going on with Boone. But let's take our last break of the day. When we come back, uh, we're going to continue on what's going on this weekend, talk XFL and then finish up what's been a wild week of sports right here on The Grind. We'll be right back. Your hometown alternative to Ordinary Sports Radio, 100.9 FM, 8.50 AM, Rocky Top Sports. Are you looking for a place to relax and have fun after work or a place to fill the weekend fun? Check out the Party Pub in the heart of Maryville. They open at 7.30 a.m. and have daily drink specials. They have darts, karaoke, and billiards daily, as well as Tennessee football each and every Big Orange Saturday in the fall. So check out the Party Pub on Ellis Avenue in downtown Maryville, a place where they treat you like family, and it's always a good time. Rural King is proud to offer firearms and ammunition at the lowest prices every day in our stores and online at rkguns.com. And if you're at the practice range looking for consistent performance from a 9mm round, look no further than Armscore. A box of 50 115 grain full metal jacket 9mm rounds from Armscore is just $8.99. Check out rkguns.com for an amazing selection because firearms and ammunition will continue to be a part of an important American tradition at Rural King, America's farm and home store. Buying a home is one of the biggest financial decisions you will ever make, and it can be overwhelming. But Donna Cry at Mortgage Investors Group is committed to making your home buying experience a pleasure. Donna Cry is my personal home mortgage specialist. MIG is rated number one in residential mortgage lenders in Tennessee. Are you considering a new home? Then use who I trust, Donna Cry with Mortgage Investors Group in Maryville. Whether you're buying your first home or your fifth, Donna will help you put your home ownership plans into action. Call Donna at 865-984-9948 or go to DonnaCry.com. MIG is an equal housing lender. A workshop on human trafficking is presented by Natalie Ivey, Executive Director of the Community Coalition Against Human Trafficking. It'll be 10 a.m. to 12 noon, February 22nd at the Chilhowee Club, 223 Clarion Avenue in Maryville. Parking is behind the building. It's open to everyone. For more information, contact Jamie Daly at 865 661 To celebrate 100 years of outstanding economic progress in the Blount County community, the Blount Chamber is pulling out all the stops by bringing in America's number one corporate and private party band, Party on the Moon, to the new event venue at the Airport Hilton on Saturday, March 7th for their anniversary celebration concert and dinner. The anniversary celebration kicks off from 6 to 7 with a lively cocktail hour of music and interactive displays, followed by an outstanding buffet and three hours of non-stop performance by Party on the Moon, the 13-member band. 
no stuffy speeches, this live band has something for everyone. General admission tickets to the event are $100 each and can be purchased by calling 865-983-2241 or online at bluntchamber.com. The Hilton is offering discounted hotel room rates of $99 for members wishing to stay overnight, group rates of $500 for six admission tickets, and $1,000 table rates for 10 tickets. For detailed information, visit bluntchamber.com. We don't always promise to be perfect, but we promise to give you our honest opinion. This is Sports Radio from a fan's perspective. You're listening to The Grind on 100.9 FM, 850 AM. Rocky Top Sports. Welcome back inside the WKVL studios of Rocky Top Sports. I'm Wayne Kaiser, and you're listening to the Friday edition of The Grind. Just uh, right off the top, if you like what you've been hearing and you want to hear it in its entirety, check us out on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, The Grind on Sports. You can search us, like us, follow us, and get it, The Grind, every day. Also, you can follow us on Apple Podcast, again, The Grind on Sports, or Google Play Music, search The Grind on Sports. Or if you just want to go and get your pick of all of those, check us out, our website, thegrindonsports.com. It will have a jumper for each of those opportunities. So check us out online, thegrindonsports.com, and you can find our our social media outlets and our podcast availability. Check it out. Uh, You won't be disappointed, thegrindonsports.com. But as we finish up today's show, about six minutes to go, uh, week three of the XFL. Uh, as it's gained momentum each and every week, as the play has been good and the interesting uh, rules have been better, and then ultimately fan avail- or player availability for fans has been great. Week three looks like this. The Houston Roughnecks Tampa Bay Vipers kick off the weekend tomorrow, 2 p.m. start time Eastern on ABC. Again, Houston, the only 2-0 team in the league. Tampa Bay struggling Uh, to get to that first victory. So Houston and P.J. Walker uh, is going to be going in uh, to Tampa Bay to try to keep them on a downslide and keep their record perfect. We'll see how that goes. Most games in this XFL early season has been very close. Uh, The late game for Saturday will be at 5 p.m. Eastern on Fox. It'll be the Dallas Renegades and the Seattle Dragons. Again, Dallas 1-1, an ugly win a week ago, but can Landry Jones settle in and lead his Renegades to a victory on the road? Seattle, uh, another one of those 1-1 teams, and Seattle looking uh, to knock off what was the preseason favorite in the Dallas Renegades. Sunday has two matchups. 3 p.m. starts the first. New York Guardians at the St. Louis Battlehawks. The Battlehawks, the one that knocked off the Renegades in week one, but struggled out of the gate in week number two. The Guardians, uh, kind of same story. Winners in week one, losers in week number two. So looking to get back on their winning ways are both of these franchises and, and looking to break the, the streak of one and one and get either on a winning track or drop in to a losing record. And then the final game of the night, Sunday, February the 23rd, 6 p.m. It'll be on Fox Sports 1. The D.C. Defenders, Cardell Jones-led D.C. Defenders, will head to L.A. to take on the L.A. Wildcats. 
by far the longest uh, longest travel of the uh, of the week as DC heads to LA. A long stretch of things there, and uh, and again DC, uh, one that needs some uh, some rapport, needs some improvement, uh, and, and want to stay on their winning ways. And LA, a one and one team that looks to get in the win column. So a nice slate of games. I think if you know, of course, my my fandom has went to the Roughnecks. Not to say yours should, but I like them. Uh, so you should. Uh, the Dallas Renegades, the favorite of Jeff McIntyre. And then I've heard other people uh, that like the Dragon. I think Boone likes the Seattle Dragons because of their, their helmets. And then uh, other people like the colors of the Vipers, just don't like the team. So uh, it's one of those. But uh, I think it's, a, it's, again, a league that you should dive into, find you a team. Uh, find, you know, and I used, I used a lot of different things. I liked offensive style, uh, pace of play, and then ultimately – uh, if they had any former Vols on their team, and, and Latroy Lewis plays for the Roughnecks, that that was the deciding factor. Not to mention the fact that PJ Walker is a fun player to watch. But all these teams have really good players. Like I said, Cardell Jones, uh, who was a, a national championship quarterback at Ohio State, uh, LA Wildcats have some good good line play. The Battlehawks have have some uh, Ole Miss flair uh, in uh, Jordan Tamu. Uh, the Seattle Dragons uh, have some good things, and then Tampa Bay. I think that's Aaron Murray's team. So uh, there, there are some ways to to hook in if you need a hook, and then uh, you can of course uh, watch and enjoy different rules, different kickoffs, speed of play is is, is up as the just a twenty five second play clock, and and it's just it's just hold on, buckle your seatbelts, and watch because it's a it's a brand of football all its own. The XFL take two has been a success through week number two. Week number three on on the docket, ABC and Fox on Saturday and ESPN and Fox Sports 1 on Sunday. So check that out. Check your local listings. As we talked on Monday about Ryan Newman and his his crash at the Daytona 500, uh, just I think yesterday or maybe even Wednesday, Ryan Newman walks out of Halifax Medical Center with his two daughters, walks out after what was a really scary situation at Daytona that led him to a few nights at Halifax. But that's the technology that NASCAR has. That's the, the safety that NASCAR has implemented. And that's why it's, it's, it's a sport worth a watch. Even though it gets at times it's, it's car versus car and it's kind of a little muddy, you need to check it out because these guys are putting it on the line. 43, 40 drivers. 200 miles a piece, 200 mile an hour a piece. So it's something worth watching, something worth checking out. And Ryan Newman walks out and looks to get back in the car. I don't know what that timeline looks like, but Las Vegas this weekend will be without Ryan Newman. But we'll see when the Rocket Man gets back behind the seat of the car. But I hope everybody's liked today's show. Again, if you can't, if you didn't check out the whole show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, or check us out online thegrindonsports.com. Again, you can get to all of our outlets from that website, thegrindonsports.com. Follow what we grind on and like it and need it because that's what helps us out here. But again, thegrindonsports.com. But we're on our way out. Don't miss the top of the hour of the Swain event as what is a block of sports right here in your source for sports in Blunt County, WKVL. Also, district tournaments going on tonight. Don't miss it. Bearden is where Maryville's at. 
and follow those Alco Tornadoes, both stations right here. If you're on your way to work or on your way home, take care, be safe, and yes, grind on. See you next week. Have a great weekend.